Listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Wellness. I am your host, Jacqueline London, and I am thrilled to share today's episode with you. I cannot even tell you how wonderful it was to speak with my guest today, and I am just excited to be able to release this episode for your consumption. I just feel like there's just so much to learn in here. This was such a fantastic conversation. I am just excited and eager to hear your thoughts and your feedback. My guest today is Bridget Zeitlin. She is a celebrated women's health coach, registered dietitian, and media personality. She's worked with hundreds of women and has become the go-to nutrition coach for women who want to lose weight and feel great in their... We speak about everything from building a virtual practice and following traditional brick-and-mortar business model, what's the difference between the two and what Bridget's transition was like during the pandemic. We talk about the time management of it all, creating brand awareness and marketing assets while also building a business. Um, We go into the pillars and how Bridget kind of decided to design her own business model that works best for her and for her community. And we actually, we get into a really interesting conversation about the word community itself, the difference between what it means when brands use the term community versus what it means to actually cultivate and foster a community as a solo practitioner. Um, And honestly, I I am just so floored by Bridget's uh, confidence and honestly, self-efficacy, like the way that she has built this business and what it took to actually get there. And she shares her story of of where this all started. And it was really challenging and I I was there for it. So I can speak to the fact that even as an outsider, I know that this was really challenging. I'm just, I'm so proud of what she's built and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. So go ahead, rate, leave a five-star review. I'd love to know what you think of this interview, of the podcast in general, of the convo with Bridget today, anything and everything, please feel free to leave that in a review. You can follow me at Jacqueline London RD on all social media platforms and feel free to reach out, shoot me a DM, let me know what you think of the episode. Can't wait to hear from you. Let's get to our interview today with Bridget Seitlin. You are so kind, Jackie. I am thrilled to be here. So fun to get to talk to you. And also now other people get to like chime in and like listen to our conversation. I love it too. I know, which really, which does feel like it feels a little bit like the good old days, but also like the future. (laughs) Right. Usually like the future. Usually usually it's just the waiter passing by. I guess like a nice earful of what we have going on. Where, where I'm making, I'm making the, the gesture of like, we need another round. Yes, we do need another round. And it is upsetting. It's upsetting that we both are sitting here with each of us. I would imagine a sparkling. You have a sparkling beverage. I go flat. Interesting. Right? I, I knew that. I knew that I actually. Know. I knew that. I go flat. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a straight up carbonation situation <laughs> at all times. I, I think my entire I bloodstream is like ever so slightly carbonated. <laughs> You're very effervescent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. All right. So you've got to tell us for our listeners, for our listeners, let's talk about, let's go from, we're going to actually take this from the beginning instead of, Mm. usually I like to jump in with where you're at now, but because I, because I know that, that nutrition is also a second career for you, tell us what brought you into nutrition in general, what made you want to become an RD and give us a little snapshot of the career trajectory 
trajectory, a difficult word, I must say, that you've had. Tell us. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm Bridget Zeitlin, registered dietitian and women's nutrition coach. Initially, like Jackie, I am a career changer. I started off, I graduated from Lehigh University and I went right into, right? I went right into um, fashion PR and event planning because what could be sexier than that in New York City in our 20s? How stupid um, we were. Well, girl, girl, so dumb, <laughs> blinded by the sex in the city light is what we were. <laughs> um, so true. So true. So, so I came in, I started in fashion and I had gained weight in college. And so I sought out a dietitian for myself to like learn. I had never really been a dieter in high school. I like, I was never, that was never me. And, mm. and that, and so I sought out a dietitian to figure out like, what's the best way to lose weight? How do I do this? She put me on a calorie count. Which, mm. of course, mm. controversial. It worked. Yes, it, yeah. it, defi- it worked. Right. Um, it also stressed me the f out. I don't know. Do we curse? Can we curse? Oh, we're we keep it liberally. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Can we keep it? We are okay. keep it very liberal Stab. with the Stab. okay. With the language so, is liberal here. Right. So I definitely I was losing weight, but I was really stressed the fuck out. Like kept yeah. doing a lot more arithmetic than I was really expecting to be doing post college. <laughs> <laughs> Just really added a lot of Didn't more numbers. Didn't see that coming. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was happening. So I was kind of f- feeling into like what's going on with me and, and my life and like losing weight, but not feeling super happy about it at the same time, which kind of takes the fun out of losing weight. Totally. Um, but also what was happening is that my maternal grandmother had passed away from complications of her type two diabetes. Mm. And mainly because she no one was really able to get like through to her. She wasn't, she was told that you have to kind of give up all these foods that you love and live this other way. Right. Like all the kale, all the time. And my grandma, like her Sunday morning French toast is like, was everything to her. And that's not, there's no kale in that. There's no kale in that. Mm -hmm. Also Mm -hmm. because of like what it meant, the family being all together, like the experience of it. And, and no one was like really connecting with her on that. So when we lost her, I was kind of like, okay, what yeah. I'm doing isn't exactly working. What she right. was told to do wasn't working. Like, how can we blend the foods that we love with taking care of ourselves, with our health goals at the same time? And I was like, fuck it. That's going to be me. I'm going to do yes. this. So I went back to school to become a registered dietitian and to get my master's in public health nutrition. And when I first graduated, I started off at Mount Sinai Medical Center, which is where Jackie and I met and our love affair began. So wonderful, um, oh, wonderful love affair. So the wonderful. Yes. And now I've had my own private practice for the past, we just turned seven. Easy Nutrition is seven years old. No. I know. Crazy. Wait, that, I'll tell you Crazy. that that I'm so proud of you for, but I Thank also you. am terrified of the fact that it really could have been yesterday uh-huh. that, that we were at Sushi Samba <laughs> on 7th Avenue <laughs> and you had just started And I really, and I know, listen, I don't want to spend any more time on this person who will not be named on this podcast because we don't do that here. We don't do that here, (laughs) but we do, we do like to do some storytelling of experience because I feel like given that I know people who are, who will be listening to this, who are dietitians or other practitioners, can you give us a little bit of, 
a picture of how some shit went down. Because when you left Mount Sinai, you went to a private practice before you started your own. And I would love for you, it's hard to say this without both laughing and also wanting to, like you can see, like I feel like my fingers are making a, like because it still angers me to this day. Mm. But, but those are my own (laughs) issues, Bridge. (laughs) No, you know what that is? Those are my own issues. That is like Mm -hmm. epic devotion and loyalty and friendship. That's what we call that. That is friendship. Yes. That is deep friendship. It's it's deep friendship, but you'll have, tell, tell us the story. Tell us the story of the process and how, and because what a beautiful thing that BZ Nutrition is now seven years old. Amazing. And also I, I feel like it is just the fact that it's seven years old is its own success story from Sushi Samba of seven years ago. (laughs) Sushi, I can't, I, I also remember that night so vividly. It was such a great night, even though it was a terrible, it was a terrible moment at the same time, but yes. Okay. You'll tell us. Um, right. So while I was working, so I had my thoughts and ideas and plans was when I was going to go back to school, I always wanted to go into my own private practice. That was Mm -hmm. my dream. That was my goal. Um, I also was very much drawn to like the clinical life, which is why I started out off at Mount Sinai and loved having my clinical background and experience. Mm. While I was at Mount Sinai, I started working part-time in someone else's private practice as an associate RD to kind of like learn the ropes. What does it look like to have your own private practice? What the fuck did I know? So now that you gave me the clear all for like F-bombs, expect those. Oh yes, expect them. (laughs) They're coming. Um, so I started working in this other woman's private practice as, as an associate. She then decided she was going on maternity leave and offered me like a full-time position at her practice. So I, I left Sinai to do full-time for her practice. And, and basically I was, I was running it at, while she was on her, on maternity leave, which again, was a fantastic experience for me and my growth. Um, and then when I decided to leave and I will say also, which Jackie, you know, I am big into the transparency of all yes. things, of all things. Yes. And so in our interview, when, you know, when I was first coming on board, having my own private practice was always, I always talked about it. It was always where I was going. I was never going to stay as someone's associate. I was right. going to have my own thing. Um, so when I, when it came time and I, I told her and I, I resigned, she was really angry and like hurt yeah. and got very vindictive, um, which was such a shame because we had worked together beautifully for four years. And I also, yeah. and maybe it was naive of me, but I was like, no, she's going to encourage me. She might be sad that mm-hmm. I'm leaving her practice, but she's going to, she's going to cheer me on because she also went through this. She also was a, right. a career changer, a woman starting her own business, going out on her own. And she was going to like, you know, root, root for me is what I yes. thought, but she got, yes. and I don't know, maybe, and maybe this is something you, we can talk about too, a little bit or save it for yeah. another episode. But I think there's, mm. there was a, the RDs of like today, there was like mm-hmm. a bit of a changing of the guard in terms of like a scarcity mindset and competition and like not enough to go around because the woman that I was working with yes. and talking to is of a different, like like a different tier yeah. of dietitian. She came, you know, first. And I think yes. our, our generation of dietitian was a little bit more collaborative and a little bit more like, yeah, you go girl kind of thing. Yes. Her approach to nutrition were veering way off from my science backed approach. Yes. And belief. I can attest to this. Yes. I really was a, a third party <laughs> witness to how <laughs> off course we went. <laughs> she, right. So we were nutritionally 
our approach was no longer really aligned. And, and so I was like, okay, I have to start making some moves. And I will say to anyone who is thinking about going out on their own, you're never going to be ready. Don't wait until you're ready. Don't do that because you're never going to be ready. And even while I was making the moves and trying to prepare myself, I was very much not ready to do it until, until it crescendoed and I like had to go. Yeah. So I, I left and about, I will say at this point too, I was all, I was seeing all of her clients because she wasn't, she didn't, when she came back from maternity leave, she didn't even really want to be seeing clients anymore. So I was still seeing all of her clients. I did all the right things. I told them I was moving on, but that they would be in excellent hands here with her. Um, most of them reached out to me privately to see if I was going somewhere else, if they could can still continue on with me. Um, I was going somewhere else. I was opening BZ Nutrition. Yes. So, so they came, they came with yeah. me and, and then about two weeks or three weeks later, um, her attorney had sent me a cease and desist letter, My which, God. this which, is so enraging. I'm right. Triggered. And like, I'm and triggered. no, and it, it was, I was very, yeah. I was very triggered. And so I will say also, again, as anyone who's thinking of going out on their own or, or if you have a practice and you are thinking of bringing in associates, be really intentional with the language in your contract because the language in yes. my contract with her said nothing. There was no non-compete. There was no non-solicit clause. I did nothing wrong. Her contract oh didn't protect her. Right? right. I also, I did not solicit. They reached out to me. You can't like, you can't control where the client wants to go. Um, right. but but so, it, so anyway, so I had to, even though I was totally in the right, I had to go through hire, finding an employment attorney to like respond, read my contract and, re, and like write a legal letter back and respond. And that like extra expense, um, my, my attorney's letter back was basically like, fuck off. You know, you're in the wrong, you know, you're like, I read your contract. I read your contract. You obviously read your contract cause you wrote it. You know that there's nothing here. If you want right. to come, if you want to come, come. Right. But, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing here for you. So they backed down. This completely. is a, this is a legal, I mean, we're, we're not lawyers, but we're, we are dietitians and I think it's a, it's a legal term. Fuck off. A hundred percent. I hear it yeah. on SVU mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. It's a law and order <laughs> staple. Yeah. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And they backed down because they knew, they knew that there was nothing in their contract. She, they were just doing it to scare me. They were just doing it to intimidate me. They were just doing it because she wanted to stick it to me in some, in some way. Um, and, and you know what, maybe there are, maybe there are people who will say like, well, you should like, when they wanted to come to you, you should have told them to stay where they were. The truth is they didn't know her. Right. Like they were only working with me. And as we'll, we'll talk about more like private practice nutrition, it's intimate and it's personal and you have to feel connected to the person you're talking to much like therapy. Very, very similar to like a really great therapist. So they would be, it's not like if they didn't come with me, they would have stayed with her. They would be trying someone new anyway. They, they, it was, it's a, it's a really personal relationship. So, um, she got some bad advice and it forever burned our bridge because once you go legal, it's really, really hard to go back from that. You can't, you can't go back from that. And, you know, and I had, I had hoped that, after the initial shock of the fact that I was resigning in general, like we're off for her that we would be able to be friends mm-hmm. because I do, I wish her well, I am cheering her on. I think her, her practice has, has shifted um, and p- pivoted into something else. And I am applauding 
her every step of the way. But yeah. And also I was like, brand spanking new. I had, I was in business for three weeks and I, and I already needed an attorney. I was like, whoa, nobody prepared me for this. No, <laughs> that I, I think that is the part that feels the most vindictive, vindictive out of any, anything else that anything that she could have said to you, anything she could have tried to do to you. The fact that knowing that you were starting something new and literally three weeks in was forcing you to hire an attorney when you were just getting on your feet. I mean, not even, I mean, the three weeks is like blinking. Like it's, it's right. honestly like in, in business time, right? Like it's right. just not that you had basically just started. So that is sort of like, okay, the, it's a little bit like saying, and it's, it's such a middle finger to, to anyone you've ever worked with when you're saying, I know you don't have much of an income right now. So now I'm going to slap it. I'm going to take the one thing I have left, which is the fact that, I, that I'm further along in my career. I'm literally many years older than you. So I've been doing this. Like, like it's the only power move to do is to right. say, I have money to get an attorney to write a cease and desist. Like it, it just is so mean. And it just, there's no other better word for it than the one that you used, which is vindictive. It's just really vindictive and it's really shitty. And you being the classy, wonderful person that you are, are saying that you wish her well. And let me just say that, yeah, I wish her well. Not that well, but I wish her okay. <laughs> but also, I, you know what I wish her? I wish her peace. I wish right, her peace because clearly there's a lot happening there. To, to make good. a move like that, I wish her peace. How about peace that? is good. Also, I wish her better contracts. Yes. How about that? A very simple that? wish. Yeah. We don't even have to wish for it. I mean, she could just do it. Yeah, she could contracts. just do it. If, if that's yeah. something you are concerned about. Right. If that, that there isn't enough to go around, that the amount of clients is like very right. small and tiny and scarce, which is not my belief, but if it's right. yours, um, then that's your, con your contract should represent that. Right. Right. I mean, I want, I do want to touch on this because I think it's really worth talking about and maybe even at, at the expense of, of other things. But I really think that this is, I was just thinking about this earlier today about the scarcity of the profession. Mm -hmm. I think this is something we really don't talk about enough. We talk about women feeling like they're, you know, I, I mean, I see these conversations happening online in other places, like all about the idea of scarcity among, among women in general. But like in our profession, there is an extra layer of that feeling at every turn. I mean, and I agree, I totally agree with you that, that it's not our experience or way. And I think a huge part of that is the great and very, very community driven, um, clinical experience that, that we had together yes. and that, that we were able to have at the, at the quality and level of the hospital that we worked for, you know, like that there were a lot of things in place and the timing was a beautiful thing. Also, I don't know that it's necessarily the same. We'll get to that, but I, I just feel like. I just feel like what is happening? Like, what is this scarcity mindset problem that, that we're struggling with? And, and how do we continue to make progress in that? Cause I worry about it a lot. Yeah. No, that's a great, it's a great question. Um, I think you're totally right. I think that our experience of being in a hospital, working with like, what was it? 15, 25 mm. other RDs, we were built for collaboration. We yes. came together. We worked in an office together. We bounced ideas off each other. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, right. We were in a clinical setting, not a private practice setting, but it, it just, it fostered the, the group of it all, the like coming together, the support of it all. Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I don't know. You know, I think private practice wellness coaches, and then we have the quote unquote nutritionist. And then there's so many other people that are like claiming pieces of the pie, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. a way that, totally. it, that you could feel like the pie is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. I believe that the amount of potential, <clears throat> sorry, the amount of potential clients mm-hmm. or, and people we can help out will outnumber us tremendously. Yes. There will always, totally always, would, always, totally always, agree. always be more of them than there are of us. And yeah. I, I don't have this scarcity mindset where if you get a client, that means, oh, I lost out on that client. That's not, right. that's not me. It's, and I think that similarly to like finding a therapist or I frequently talk about it, um, like dating, you're not yes. going to, you're not going to click with every nutritionist or dietitian or coach, right. like whoever, whatever path you're choosing to follow. And I do hope that whatever path you're choosing to follow, they have credentials attached to their yes. name. That is what we're looking for here. You are looking yes, for credentials. That is what we advocate for on this podcast. Very we much. Are, <laughs> credentials. <laughs> we are a credential based yes, focus. Yes. This is a credential here. stand podcast. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So but within that, with all the people with their credentials, every single one, every single dietitian is going to have a different approach to mm-hmm. your health goal. So you want to look at what is their specific approach to your goal? Does that feel enjoyable and sustainable for your goal? Yeah. Because so I'll take, I'll take myself, for example, clients come to me for weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, weight loss is only part of the puzzle. We want to keep the weight off. Yes. That's, that's the name of the game. Right. So, so what I want is for you to have an approach that helps you lose the weight now, but keep it off long-term. So whatever your goal is, you want to talk to that dietitian and find out what their approach is. Does it feel comfortable for right now? And does it feel sustainable for life? Yes. So you can maintain that goal then. And so, and and maybe that's going to cut, that's going to take, if you have a pool of like a hundred RDs that you're looking into, maybe that cuts it down to half. And then mm-hmm. from there, you want to kind of get a, a feel of them, right? Do And this is where the like first date kind of vibe comes in. Yeah. Do you like their energy? Do you feel like you can talk to them? Do you feel like they're relatable to you and your life? And you can like be really, really honest and upfront about what works for you and what isn't working for, for you from their suggestions and tips, because it's a collaborative experience. And, mm-hmm. and and the truth is, I believe that the clients who find me and vibe with me, mm-hmm. there is no other competition for that. My vibe is my vibe. No one else can be me. Even even though there are lots of dietitians who believe like an all foods fit approach like I do, who believe in eating whole fresh foods mm-hmm. like I do, right? My vibe is my vibe. If we jam and we connect and you feel seen and heard and and valued and like listened to, and also are getting the results you want. Well, then that's, there's no one else who can do that, but me, that's my vibe. And that's us, but you have to vibe with whoever you choose. And so because of that, I personally don't let the scarcityness of like what the industry might be feeling affect me. Does that make sense? You are, you are (laughs) a magical human. I feel like, I feel like, no, I'm sitting here thinking like, no, I vibe, I vibe, I'm vibing. No, we vibe. I'm like, no, no, I'm in. Yeah, no, I'm a thousand percent in. So that's great. That works for me for sure. And I know it will work for, for any, 
I, I mean, it would be hard. Let me tell you, let me tell you listeners that I, it's hard not to vibe with Bridget. I, I, I personally, I know I'm biased. It's very hard not to vibe with her, but I, I think what, but I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I feel the exact same way. I feel like I feel I have often felt sometimes with a, a variety of, uh, in a variety of different professional settings that like, okay, maybe like my credentials are only one piece of this. Like there is also this other component that's like, maybe I'm speaking a different language too, even though we're both speaking English. Like it, it, that is totally possible and a very real thing and completely valid. And I'm not insulted by that in any way. Do you know what I, like if someone exactly. were to say to me, exactly. like, I, I don't know that this is necessarily the right fit. That's completely okay. I will tell you that like, on, on the flip side of that, and maybe this is what's feeding into the scarcity mindset of, of our profession at this moment in time, is that what what makes me feel a little bummed out is when I will, um, let's say, and I don't take on very many private clients, but it, when when I do, is is when I get someone who is looking for something that we just don't do, which is mm -hmm. the quick fix, like, mm -hmm. which is when I get broken up with essentially or ghosted or, <laughs> yeah. or something of that nature, right? Like where, where it's because I'm not going to be Ozempic for you. Right. Like that's not my <laughs> scope. <laughs> oh, thank God. Right? Like right. it's, it's when it's, it's when the promise of quote unquote weight loss, which exactly to your point is if you want it to be real weight loss that that is for life, then we are looking to establish the behaviors that make it weight maintenance over time. It's not it. This is not a one shot deal. This is not some kind of like one and done thing because uh, otherwise that's not like under our that's not our scope of practice. It's also not under our code of ethics. Like we're here to do the best for you. Like so, if the best for you is to go at a pace that is like start just starting to kind of get you used to some different behaviors and trying those out and actually practicing them, then really weight loss shouldn't be instant. You know, like that, right. it should never really be instant. Otherwise something is kind of, you're doing it a little wrong. That's not what I said. I did not say to, to cut out this entire food group. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that Absolutely. sort of thing. That's what bums me out is because that's, it's only really non-evidence-based practitioners who are making people think that that's a possibility, you know, like, Absolutely. and that's where I feel like you're so right that it, the scarcity of it all is not just within the profession. It's really about the the sort of loud noise that comes outside of the profession that consumers see. And, right. and they're not like, they, so if they're looking for that, like that's something that none of us can, can necessarily give responsibly and also manage to, to really help you reach your actual goal, which is the right. weight maintenance over time thing. Right. Right. And I think, I think the other, the non-credentialed people, um, they're really loud. They're yes. just so, they're so, so loud and, and yeah, and it, it, it drowns out others. But I think that I also, um, you know, Jackie, yes. I am very woo. I got a lot of woo, woo <laughs> yes, up in she me. Does. She loves a good I'm, woo. I love, I love that woo. about you. Yeah. And so, and I, I do also believe that like the right clients are going to find me. Like if I yes. am, if I am showing yeah. up consistently, right? Like on my Instagram, in my newsletter, connecting with the physicians that know, like, and trust me, if I am showing up consistently in all the ways, I am delivering the best possible advice, guidance, results for my clients. I know that the right, the right next client is going to find me. Yes. Like no matter how, I don't have to be louder. Yes. I don't have to be louder than anybody else. I just have to be consistent to me. And, and as a entrepreneur, we can talk about like consistency in general and like 
like the running of the yeah. business and like, yes. and sometimes consistency can be hard because um, yeah. we're human. But, but I do believe that the right client, like, yes, we have to do the actions, like I said, and put ourselves out there, but we don't have to be louder. We just have to be consistent. The right client will find us is what I think. She's full of wisdom, people. I, I'm telling you, this is, you I just need to move wisdom. into this little podcast studio. You I just, don't know you live wisdom. here now. You it's stay with us. Woo. It's definitely woo. It's a lot no, of woo. I'm calling it wisdom. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, so on this, can we get into, because you, when you initially started and, and granted, oh my God, I can't believe it's 2023, but, mm. but what happened in 2020? Tell us about the shift between the in-person work to, to going to transitioning to a virtual practice yeah. first. Yeah. So initially pre 2020, I was solely brick and mortar. You had to come to my office on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. Um, I had a very chic little office on Madison Avenue and I, I loved it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm. Um, but anyway, 2020 hits and, and I have to move to zoom. It was as we did, as, as we, we did, did, as we all did. Right. Remember <laughs> you, you did that too. I talked to someone today who also was like, it was so nice when I could go to church on zoom. And I was like, I feel that she was like, yes. I would get a snack. I'd get a snack during church. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I get it. I yeah. do. We all get it. Now it yes. feels like it's jarring to go to anywhere to do else. Hybrid life, but yes. yes. Anyway, continue. Um, so initially, most of my clients were also they were like a little bit slow to like the telehealth Zoom game. We did a couple of phone sessions. The phone sessions were hard because mm, I I, used... I agree. Yes, yes, it is actually really hard to it do really hard. to do it without a visual. Yes, 100%. yes. And and at this point, most of my client, all my clients for the first like two three months were already established clients. So I, mm. we had a rapport, but I wasn't seeing their face. Right. So I told them that I'm going to be we're not going to be doing any phone sessions. They're all going to be video. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah. loved it. And they, you know, I think after the like fear and the urgency of the zoom and this, and that stuff started to like ease a little bit and people were like settling in. They also yeah. really, really loved being able to not have to commute 30 minutes to get to my office and then 30 yes. minutes to get back to wherever they needed to be. Yeah, that we could huge. be it's huge. It's huge. Um, so I, I now also, because I'm on Zoom, I'm a totally virtual practice. I have clients who live permanently like out in the Hamptons. I have clients who live in California. I have clients mm. who live in Connecticut, deep in Connecticut. I have clients who live in DC. Like I'm able to support so many more women yeah. and, and whatever state that my license like carries over to, I'm able to, to help them. And that's an incredible, an incredible silver lining from, from yeah. it. What was the initial process like from a, from, from your standpoint of what is this going to, how is this going to work? You don't like, yeah. did you have yeah. the internal meltdown that we all had collectively, but like, what was yours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like, and again, because listeners, you know, I'm into the energy yes. and the woo. She's into the, I mean, I'm she's so it. good. It just being with Bridget, it's just like a balm for the soul. I've got to say, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I think my hesitation was, are they going to feel the like same connection? Totally. Totally. Are they going to be yes. able to like really open up and feel the same connection, feel the same warmth that we established in person, feel that, that energy really be able to yeah. like 
be fully present on, on camera, on zoom. Um, and not like constantly distracted by their own little picture, right? Like, mm. but really, really be able to like, just be yes. present with me. Yes. That was my biggest fear. And, and I will say it, it, maybe it took a beat. I think for some clients more than others, you know, there, we all know people who are just like yeah. naturally more adaptive to the zoom situation or just are early adapters in general to shifts and other people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. some of my older clients, older in age clients, not long-term clients, older in age. Mm-hmm. I think they were a little bit, it was harder for them. They asked if we could stick to the phone sessions for, you know, longer, which I did because personalization, but eventually I removed the phone sessions and everything became virtual and, and the energy came back, like the so vibe good. and the warmth, it all, it all came back. Yeah. I think and, that's huge. What you said about the commute also, because yeah. it really does, it really does make such a difference. And, and there are sort of the other adaptive things that come with it. So like if it's no longer commute to come and see you, it means maybe an extra hour that can go into actual meal prep or, or something, whatever it is. I mean, for, for me, if it's not commuting, it's like actually getting to walk somewhere else I might want to go, you know, and there's just, it can liberate you as long as the mindset shift is happening at the same time. It eases the like pressure, I think. So you can't, you could do that. You have that extra hour for meal prep. You have that extra hour to spend with your kids. You have that extra hour to like have sex with your boyfriend or husband or wife, right? Yes. That extra hour to like do something else. Yeah. And that just like expands your quality of life. A thousand percent. Can you tell us about something, something else that I have been dying to ask you about, which, because I find this to be as also a soul business, the soul business entity, right? I I often think of the image of like the, um, I don't know if it's the music man or like whoever the, it's, it's like one of these sort of characters that like is a one man band sort of thing where you're like playing, you've got the drums going with like the foot and then you're, you've got a triangle hanging from like the top of your head and you're like, I'm playing every instrument. Like what? can someone else do the drums or like can someone else, right? What, what is your day look like in terms of time management? Like where time and time management and also the energy and the financial cost that goes into creating content, making the multiple programs, which we're going to talk about in a sec, but like, and spending time with clients, like how, how, can this be done for lack of a better way of saying it? How do we do this where we're playing all the instruments at once? Like where you have multiple balls in the air, including the marketing, because that is one of the biggest challenges. And I'm sure that for anyone listening to this, who's also a practitioner can relate to this feeling, which is like, you're used to a certain degree of, of either comfort, right? Like, which is like, I know how to write this enteral nutrition order or like, right? Like that there's something, some type of degree of comfort with what you know how to do. But then there's the, okay, like I can do the thing very easily now that I, that I have this higher degree, but now I have to promote the fact that I have this degree so that people know I exist. (laughs) Right. And I feel like this is a constant time balancing act of like how long, like how much time and energy can go into one or the other understanding that none of us are really built to do two things at the exact same time, right? Like we're really meant to do one thing at one time. (laughs) So tell us about your experience of that and and your kind of time breakdown in a day. Oh my gosh. Well, I will say like that image of like the person doing like the band, all of it, 
right? He's blowing the harmonica. He's playing the drums. Yes. He's kicking the thing with his. He's foot. singing also. He's singing maybe. also. Yeah. All of it. All of it <laughs> resonates so deeply. Um, and I will say that my time management and weekly daily structure is forever a work in progress. Yeah, it is not. It Thank is you. forever a work in progress. And what I try to come back to all the time. And again, I am not great at this. I'm, it, this part is also a work in progress. I mm. really, really try to practice a lot of self-fucking-compassion because yes. I can do it all. I am doing it all, but I, I really can't. <laughs> I really cannot. <laughs> I am attempting to. Sometimes I succeed better than other times. So I am going <gasps> so to love awesome. myself, love myself through it, be compassionate through it, yes. celebrate what I was able to get done, and move yes. on. So, so it's a work in progress. I, I will tell you how I structure my yeah. my stuff, but I, the caveat to all of it is that yeah. it's still in, it's still in flux. Like yes, um, yes. But what I try to do, what I find works really well for me, and I don't. What I find works really well for me is time blocking. I do not do well with yeah. task switching. So if I am going, I don't either. Thank you. I totally agree with you. I don't either. Yeah, I have it, to stop trying to force that because it doesn't no. work. It doesn't for work. Me. I waste I waste so much more time yeah. switching tasks and trying to get into that new task yes. than like yeah. actually doing the task. Right. And, and, and that's taken me time to learn. But yeah. um, so one thing that I use, which I love, is the Pomodoro method. Do you know the yeah. Pomodoro? Yes. Yes. So I love the Pomodoro method. There's an app that I have on my computer it's called Be Focused. And, and it sets times and you can, you can play around. So the traditional Pomodoro method is like what? 25 like minutes 30? of work. Yeah. yeah. And then yes. like five minutes of like break. You can play around with that. Yeah. Right. You can adjust it to whatever you want it to be. But I, I do that and I try to give myself, like I do four work sessions before I take a, a break and then like yes. a longer break. But so that's how I, that helps me with my time blocking. But then what I do is. Mondays, I don't see any clients. Mondays I use as my like CFO days. So my admin, any like yes. admin stuff. I follow up on any invoices that need to go out or have not been paid or what's happening, right? All the invoices happen on, on my CFO days. Um, any additional like new business like outreach, right? So yeah. checking in with the doctor, with the physicians who refer to me frequently, or um, I do a lot of like workplace wellness talks and, and workshops. So yeah. reaching out to those law firms and those marketing agencies and being like, hey, what's coming up? You know, like business outreach and yeah. and like the money maker business outreach kind of things. Yeah. So I do that. Ideally also on Mondays, I am there is like one to two hours where I am creating some type of writing content copy. Mm. And then, and then Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, I block off for like networking. That's when I'll have a coffee with, with the doctor or I'll have a coffee with like the HR person that works at whatever law firm that I frequent, um, to, to do some talk stuff, the nutrition talks. So my Tuesday mornings are for like networking. And then my Tuesday afternoons are all client sessions. And so I structure it that way. Um, Wednesdays are pretty much all client session day. And then within what, when I do have like chunks of time, then I, that's when I'll, um, 
that's when I'll do a little bit more of like the, the writing and the copy mm. and like, Oh, actually this, this came up during one of my client sessions. This is going to make a great newsletter or Instagram post or a LinkedIn yeah. post. So I'll jot down a couple of ideas from that and, um, and key takeaways that I think would really help my like larger audience and community. Um, you know, Wednesdays, I also like to do IG lives. So making sure I have like a little bit of space in my day to like get on camera in that way too. Um, and then Thursdays, Thursday mornings are for client sessions and these, this, whether it's a group session or a VIP, that's, that all groups mm. into like client sessions. Thursday mornings are for client sessions. Thursday afternoons are for cleaning up, getting to writing, whatever didn't get done before, whatever I like started to write, but didn't have time to finish or got distracted or any new ideas that came through. Um, and then I try on Fridays to have my CEO days, which oh. is different than the CFO. The CEO is where I think was like my Friday mornings. I try to have like a little bit of space. I take a longer walk than usual. Maybe I'll work, I'll add in like, um, my favorite workout class, um, just where I can get like a little bit more free. My mind can think and get inspired and like new ideas can come to me for programs or for master classes or for nutrition talks, like where I just can create a little bit more like space in my mind. I don't have any like, yes. to do's. I don't have to watch the clock and make sure I'm in the next meeting. Yeah. Um, and then Friday afternoons I reserve for like professional development. So yes. because we have to keep our CEUs up for our, <sighs> our credentials. Also I, because I was never like Jackie, we never got any business classes oh, in our nutrition school. I also connect with a business coach Friday afternoons. Amazing. I also seek out like, you know, that type of kind of like business development and, and self work, like business work that I can do. Yeah. Um, that's wow. kind of how I structure it. I have to say, I'm literally taking mental. I'm like, okay, the first of all, I'm stealing immediately the CFO day <laughs> and the CEO day. <laughs> Because I, I am should. still, I am still in a place of um, chaos. Like not not chaos, but it's it's just more that like I feel like I am much more reactive. I like I'll yes. set certain things up, but it's not structured enough to keep me from reactivity. Right? Like right. it's it's 100%. more like so. I'm loving. I'm literally captivated. I'm like okay, yes, yes to a CEO day and yes to a CFO day. That right there is gold enough because the time blocking, I'm completely with you. I fully agree. Like I don't, it's very hard for me to have days where, and, and it's weird. It's, it's just a funny thing because like other people, I'll see other people this works so well for, I'm sure that there's plenty of people that are listening to this going, oh no, no, I don't do blocking. Of it. You know, like that's, <laughs> I can't do that. Right. Like, but for me, I totally am with you. It doesn't work for me to have the kind of day where I'm working on like creating a lot of content or, or editing a podcast or whatever else it is. And then I'm running out for coffee and then I still am going to have to come back and do it. Like that's just, it's not a good structure for me. It's much better to like get it all done in one swoop and then yes. say, now I'm moving on to the next thing. Right. Yes. Um, so I love that. I think that is so well done. And also so well done of you to say these are like to have the dedicated kind of like zones of time where you know that you're only going to be focused on a specific task that's business related is like huge. Can you, can you tell us, on this note, because I would love for you to share with our listeners more about each of the programs and how you developed each one and, and give us just sort of the overview about what they are. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I, my like first love, if you will, is my one-on-one like VIP container. But during the pandemic, I started doing group programs too. So I have, now I have three group experiences. The first one I would say is it's called Socially Fit. It's a self-paced experience um, where I teach you basically how to live like quote unquote the healthy life without sacrificing your social life. And this came directly from back in my calorie counting days when mm-hmm. I would choose, when I would do all my arithmetic and realize yes. I actually didn't have enough calories left to like go out <laughs> and have like a fun dinner out with my girlfriends and also go to the lounge bar club afterwards and enjoy a few cocktails. So yes. I would skip dinner with my friends and just meet them later for drinks. And I was like, that's, and so this such idea, such a bummer. It was such, such a, a bummer. bummer. Yeah. But I did it more often than not. And, um, so I created socially fit out of like that. And it's mm. totally, it's totally self-paced. It's, it's for pre-recorded nutrition education modules. So I'm teaching you some science-backed strategies, tips, and tricks to be able to eat your dinner, really enjoy being out with your friends. And also if you drink alcohol, how to include that too. How to do both. Yes. Love how to have your Wait, cake. Wait, now I have to ask you, I have yeah. to ask you this, just, yeah. just out of pure professional curiosity is what do you use? Just, I mean, give us oh. the tech, give us the technicals. Like we're, we're currently listeners. If you're listening to this right now, you are listening to this on Riverside. That's the platform I'm using, but I need Bridget because I'm literally, this is Bridget and I were talking uh, offline before we started recording about the, um, the things that, that no one teaches you in graduate school about and technology being a huge component of that. And I feel like, especially right now in like the continued I hate this term, but like the golden age of tech, like, like there's always a new platform you could be using. Tell us always. what you used to record the socially fit modules. Yes. <laughs> so, and I don't, and I, there are so many platforms. Yes. I don't know what, like what has worked for me is I record on zoom. I mm. upload it yes. through, through Vimeo. I mean, yeah. you could probably record directly on Vimeo. I'm not sure, but I upload it through Vimeo and then I house it for mm-hmm. the people who buy it. I house it on something called member vault. I think mm. member vault is similar to like a teachable. I'm literally writing it down. Yes. Okay. Similar to like a teachable yeah. or a Kajabi. Those yeah. are all, those are kind of all the same thing. The one I picked is called member, member vault. Cool. Um, solely because I liked the name. I was like, yes, yeah, no, I like the name we're, too. Right. I, we're like, we're members. I wrote it down. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Like I want you to feel, because so much of my group programs are the fact of like, they're based on community of like being right. a part of this, you know, being a member within this community. And so I liked member of all just like, like energetically spoke. Yes. So that's, that's what I use for that. I do know now that Canva, which is what I use to make any slide deck Mm -hmm. that I'm teaching off of. I know you can record on Canva now too. So that's something I have been trying. I know you can. I know you can listeners. I, if you know and, and do this frequently, please call Bridget and myself because neither <laughs> one of us have done this yet. <laughs> um, and then, and then my other, and the main other group program is called radical reset. It's eight weeks long. And this is really, this is where I teach you how to lose weight, feel better naked and stress less about your food choices. It's kind of like, I love this so much. I love that you said that. I love that you said feel better naked. Yes. Everyone should feel good naked. I totally agree. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, not, I'm a little chilly right now, so it's hard to co- fully think about it. I'm a little, it's a little chilly in here, but otherwise, yes, yes, yes. It's very so, wintry today. Very wintry. Um, and this is, and so 
kind of like a, this is a little bit of like a reset for your mental and physical approach to weight loss. This is not a reset. There's no shocker. There's no detox. There's no cleanse. This is not like, we're not like resetting anything other than the way you approach your weight loss. Yes. That's where resetting the way you approach it. it. Um, and that's eight weeks. It's really fun. Um, and then my next group program is called the well crowd. And this is a much deeper level, longer term container. This is five months long. And so if radical reset addresses your like mental and physical approach to weight loss, the well crowd takes the mental, physical, and emotional approach because Mm. so much of what comes up with my clients is really their relationship with food and how do we create, how do we heal and create a healthier relationship with food? Because it's my personal belief that our relationship with food is generational. So my relationship with food, I'm going to pass on to my son and my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass on if I'm super close with my niece and nephews, I'm going to pass it on to them. Right. Like we, so if I can heal mine, then I'm healing generations that to come with newer, healthier relationships with food. So that's, so the well crowd is, is a longer term container because we're doing, we are reaching our weight loss together and we're, we're, we're living in the maintenance phase together Mm. and then you're moving on right? Like yes. with everything, you are graduating from me feeling confident and empowered with your food choices and knowing a hundred percent how to maintain all the goals that mm. we are reaching for the long term. I love so, this. Yeah. So the welcome is a little this. bit more, it's more personalization and it's more accountability and yeah. So that's the welcome. So when you, so are your individual clients, are they opting into these programs or can you opt into the programs without becoming a one-on-one client? Yes. So when you are a VIP one-on-one client, you get access to all the other programs. Oh, amazing. So you can see, you see everything. You can be a part of the well crowd and be in all those live group coaching calls. Um, If Radical Reset is running live at the same time, you could also be live and and in there. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you get to watch all the modules from Socially Fit, from Radical Reset all the nutrition education modules. Um, so you can always, so my VIP one-on-one, you can, you have access to everything. Um, similarly with the well crowd, which is a hybrid of like group coaching calls and, and one-on-one calls too. You get Mm. one private one-on-one call with me a month, plus the two to three group coaching calls a month in the well crowd. You also get access to all the other group programs, radical reset, socially fit, any other, any other new masterclass or program that comes out while we're working together. Amazing. So you can always, right. If you are in radical reset or socially fit, you can always level up to Mm -hmm. a longer term container. Be that. So if you're in, if you did socially fit and now you're like, Oh, I still want to be in the well crowd. Great. You can, you can move into that. And we would move your investment in socially fit into, it would transfer over as part of your investment Mm -hmm. in the well crowd. So there is movement there. Interesting. Okay. Can you tell us something that I'm, I've been dying to talk to you about on this topic, because I feel like this is something that you hear a lot. Speaking of marketing, like in, in a variety of different social media, marketing channels, platforms, all of it, you hear the word community being used a lot. Mm. And I think to some extent I hear people using it and certainly coming from Weight Watchers where I know that it was deeply a part of the sort of brand of it all was the community, right? Like Mm -hmm. is, is this word community and the idea behind community? I would love to hear 
your approach? Like what, what is, what is the group call? Like, what is the atmosphere like during the live sessions? Are, is there collaboration between people who are part of the program? Just give us the kind of lay of the land because I, yeah. I feel like it's almost like we need a new word for community sometimes mm. because I'm like, it's, it's, and that's why I love that you call it the well crowd. Cause I, I love that it's it, even just the different name is a nice way of saying like, join our community. Like I, I'm, if one more person asks me for that, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to be in your community, Cheryl, you know, like I just don't. I just, Back it's off, making me antisocial, off. right? Yeah, it's like it's having the reverse effect on me. So, like, enough, you know? right? Right, I feel you. Um, yeah. So, but I will say, with my groups, they're all women only. So that, I, that's I a think different. Makes a big, yeah, it makes a really big difference. Which, and I'm not sure if Weight Watchers separated by gender, if everyone was mixed, but mm. I, but having a woman only space is really, yeah. really magical. I think, um, because I think wholeheartedly women want to support other women. Yes. Not, right. Like, so creating, creating that space there, it, there is so much of this and I, so there's that aspect and then a hundred percent with any container, whether we're calling it, whether it's a community container or whatever is happening, a solo container with any container, how you have, the facilitator. So in my programs, mm-hmm. that's me, right? I am responsible for setting a tone. I'm mm-hmm. responsible for holding the space and, and, and setting the, the culture, which, yes, right. Like yeah. Set, setting the tone and the culture and the vibe within this intimate space that we're coming into together. Right. So I, with all my group programs, we kick off with, with a call, we kick up, we have a kickoff party which has not, there's no coaching. There's no teaching on that call. It's just mm. a call for us to come together for Amazing. us to like share. How do we get here? Um, what are our intentions? Do we have like a single word kind of thing? Right. Like, and by that, I mean, I'm some, <laughs> all of my woo is hanging <laughs> out, but I, <laughs> I every I year, it. every year I pick a word, like an intentional word. I like this I, like, word idea through, much better. Yes. I but love I live it. through the like word? for the year. Um, my, my word for this year is expansion Yes, and in all the ways, right? So, so business, but like my romantic relationship, my, like, you know, my traveling, like just like expansion. Yes. Right. So also I, you know, we like set intentions, we communicate, we talk, we chat, we get to know each other a little bit and we set intentions together. And I think that having a call where we have, we're, we're not talking anything about nutrition or weight or our goals. Like it's really more of just getting to know each other and having fun with each other. And then, and then when the calls start, I am also very specific. I am the only one who does the educating and the coaching and the counseling yes. on the calls, right? No one else is doing that, but <laughs> yes. I can see that, right? becoming, you know, like I, you've definitely been in that situation, right? Yeah. Where, like, you know what I'm talking about where it becomes like, wait, wait, no, no. I, um, yeah. No, no. Or, or where it's not me. And I'm like, no, no, we're, we're all here to hear her. Like, I, I'm so confused. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think also, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, I have a lot of like people in my arena who are life coaches or business coaches. And mm. those are some of my clients too. And so they're in the vein, like they're used to giving, being the one that gives the advice, but really also setting yeah. the tone that like here, you're here to receive. You're not here to give, you're here to receive. Um, yes. so I set, I set that tone. And then I also, in between the calls, I, with the well crowd, we are on a, do you know the app Voxer? 
No. Yeah. Uh, Another one. Yeah, write this, to, write this baby down. This down. Write this down. Okay. Voxer. So Voxer. Voxer is one of my favorite apps. It's based, it's a voice messaging app. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. So similar to like we're sending each other DMs on Instagram, but on Voxer, one, they don't disappear like they do mm. on Instagram. Two, you can speed them up. Right. So like me, yeah. me talking for a minute, you can actually hear it in 20 seconds or 30 seconds. You don't have to listen to the whole minute. So you can speed it up. You can save them. You can play them back, you know, again later. Um, so we're all in a Voxer channel together where we get to celebrate each other's wins, share with like, we could share pictures of like, you know, our day. We can, we can text too, if you don't want to drop your voice in there, but it just fosters a really nice supportive sisterhood and, mm. and like tether to each other even when we're not on the calls. And I think that that's been something that I know my clients have loved. And um, yeah, it's just been a really nice layer to it all. This is really, this is so informative and so inspiring on so many levels. I cannot even tell you, but I really, I have to say that something that I, that I have to go back to. I really, I have to go back to because I feel like you have just opened this door that, that I wanted to ask you about also, yeah. which is that in, in, when we were talking about the, the content creation, the marketing, you, you have so, there is so much, I mean, and I, I think about this a lot, obviously because of my background, but also because in, in present day, I think like the number of times I say to myself, like I quote Nora Ephron in my own mind, which is like, everything is copy. Like I feel this so deeply. Right. And I feel this in so many ways, <laughs> like, like again, across personal life and professional life and in every area. Right. But I think sometimes a really challenging thing is to know what should be behind a paywall versus mm. not. And I, mm -hmm. and I hate to use the word paywall so bluntly in this context, cause you're, you're, giving, you're, you're giving so much amazing context and like, and, and basically illustrating around everything that's going on, which is so important. And, and your community ties are clearly so deep and, and powerful for people. But I wonder about this sometimes, like with the balancing act of what is being created for, for something that can go to a wider audience, like your newsletter mm. versus when you are sharing something on Voxer with your, with your community and, and what, and how you make that distinction, like how, yeah. how exactly, like, how does that process work for you? Yeah. So what's happening on Voxer is personalized support. Like, yes. yes okay. Yes. We're, in, we're in the group, but the group is, you know, the same five women you've just been in. This, right. You're in this yes. container with. So it is hyper-personalized feedback, support, loving accountability, you know, guidance, right. If you have, um, questions that have come up, like, oh, you know, I, I went on this date. It was so bad. I'm so disappointed. I came home mm. and I fell back into this pattern. They're just like ate my entire fridge and I feel like shit. Mm. Right. Been there. Everyone has been there. Everyone yes. has been there. We've all had disappointing yeah. dates and looked for comfort in the fridge and there's not any comfort. Totally. In the fridge, but we, we think there is. Yes. So, right. And so like in there, you're getting just, it's a place for you to share what's going on for you and to receive support and guidance and coaching and counseling, like nutrition counseling through that and like helpful mm. personalized next steps. Yeah. So that you're, so that whatever happened last night doesn't snowball into today. Right. right. What's happening free on my IG lives and on my newsletter are like generic, more basic information mm -hmm. through my lens, through my approach and my lens yeah. and, and the way I, I deliver, um, 
the practicality with from this, like the way I break down the science back nutrition into practical tips, like, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's generic. It's not personalized. Yeah. You're not going to get like, I'm not in your day. I don't know you. I don't know you. So it's just, it's just not personalized. And, and if you want personalization that happens inside one of my containers where you, you do, you come in, you, you pay, you invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and, um, and in your goals and you get hyper personalization. Mm. This is so good. I just want to come and be a fly on the wall or I just want to come in and set an intention. I just want a word. I don't have a word, Bridge. Oh my God. I don't have a word. I gotta get a word. Okay. It's going to work for you. I'm going to, all my woo is going to rub off on you. I need it because I really feel like this is what I'm saying. Uh, guys, I really feel like being around Bridget is like, you just, you all of a sudden are like, I'm not a woo person. And then you're like, no, I am. I'm just (laughs) vibing. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I am now, you know? Um, okay. What do you think is like, if you, if you were to say, and I know that it's obviously your program and your approach is, is truly so hyper-personalized. If you were to say that there is like this, this one question or this one statement is the thing I hear the most often in practice. Like when, mm. when you get, when you're onboarding a new client, what do you think? Like, what is the one sort of thing you're hearing the most? What are, what are some of the concerns that come up the most? Give us a couple of those. Yeah. It's a great question. I think when I am first meeting a new client and before we decide to, before you decide to invest in yourself and like join one of my, mm. one of my containers, we, we always have a call first. We always have, yes. a, we always have a discovery call. I want you to know, I want you to get to know me a little bit. I need to get to know you a little bit, you know? Yeah. So on that call, I think one of the questions or things that comes up the most is really like, I've, I've already cut everything out. Like, I don't know what else to do. Mm. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Just, and I'm yes. like, yes. I know. And then I'm like, no, 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 that's the, like, that's, that's, that's the issue. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk. You know, it's funny. I was giving a talk last weekend. I was giving a, Mm -hmm. a talk and, and I said so much, so frequently what we think about when we think about reaching our health goals, we're constantly thinking about what we're taking out. Sacrifice. It's not, it's not Mm -hmm. about what we're taking out. It's about what's actually making it onto your plate. What are you putting in? Yes. And so, and that's, so when they say, I don't know what else to like cut out. I've already, like, I don't know what else I can do. I've already cut out so much. And like, it's not working. I'm like, yeah, yeah, babe, it's not working because you're not eating enough. Right. That's, we want to re-add. Right. We want to add it all We're back adding. in. We're adding. We're adding all yes. the food groups. Oh my God. It's, but it, this is such an amazing, um, this is such an amazing point that you're making because I, I really, I feel this so deeply and it also speaks to so very much of of the, the kind of ways that we talk to ourselves, right? Like, but especially women, like this is such a big, it's like, I've already taken everything away. Like what, what more could I possibly do? And it's such a good reminder for practitioners too, that this is the pervasive mindset with so many people. I mean, yes. of course I'm not going to, you know, make this universal or general, like overgeneralize, but it really is. It's, that is what limits people, I think a lot of the time from coming in the door, which yes. is like, I'm not going to go see a dietitian because I've already cut everything out. And that is just so not what we do. It's just like, it's right. that is so perfect. Thank you for that. Yeah. Such a good reminder. And I think My, something else I hear too a lot is like, no, but I already like, I already know what's healthy. Like, I, oh, like yeah. and I'm like, yeah, great. Big one. Great. I'm not teaching you that kale is healthy. 
Right. Right? That's not, you're not, you're not coming to me to learn that kale is like nutrient dense. You don't need me for that. You don't need me for that. That's not why you're coming here. (laughs) I'm not going to teach you that. (laughs) You don't, you just don't. You You just need a nice little, you don't need, you know what? I, I would even venture to say that even if you had no Google, you'd still know. Kale, it tastes nutrient dense. It's still kale. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you know that. I want you to right. know that. That's not what I'm going to teach you. Right. You know, and I think like the information, What? let's say you do have the Google, you, yeah. you can Google everything. Yes. You, so I'm not, I don't need to teach you that kale is healthy, but there is some, there is a disconnect between what you quote unquote know. And even if, yes. let's say, even if kale is healthy for you specifically, um, there, there's, there's a, breakdown between what you, what you know and what you're actually doing, mm. right? There's a disconnect yes. there. So you're coming to me really for the implementation, you know, Kale is healthy and yet somehow it's not actually ending up on your plate as frequently right. as it, as we would like it to be. Right. So like, what's up there? Let's figure that out together. That's why you're coming to me. <laughs> yes. Okay. I can't resist sneaking this one in. I can't yeah. resist sneaking this one in because I have to ask you this because, yeah. because your point is so well taken. And then And then there's this other layer that I'm sure you encounter often, right? Which is that kale, pretty straightforward, right? Like people, there's, there's that that you can work on with people, which is that, you know what this is, but somehow I'm not seeing it here in this 24 hour (laughs) recall we've just done. You know what I mean? Like I'm not seeing it here. Um, but, but there's this other component that I think is a much more sort of like 2023 element of it. And, and it's not just, I mean, it's sort of like the last, let's say decade, 20 years, it, more, whatever, which is our, our food industry's marketing, like the, the marketing of a variety of different products of working with people on, well, maybe consuming fiber from a soda is actually making you feel like a very bloated person. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like there, there, I mean, there's gotta be some of that too. Right? right. Like, which is the, the, oh yeah, no, I get why you feel like this could be the cure all, but also maybe you're feeling this way because you were told something that is actually not for you. Right. <laughs> you know, like yes. there's that, right. There's a huge part of that. There's a huge part of that. And so like, right. There's a lot of there's a lot of white noise. There's a oh, lot, there's a lot thank of you. misinformation. There's a lot of, um, health haloing and, mm, you know, distracting, like, distracting really. It's so, I think, I think if it sounds too good to be true, you should trust your gut and it's too good to be true. If you like literally I always, think, I, <laughs> Similarly, similarly, and I think maybe you said this actually once and it stuck with me, but similarly, like if the approach you want to take to losing weight or whatever your goal is, if it sounds like cruel and unusual punishment, well, then you shouldn't be doing that either. Right. (laughs) I think both of the, both of those things are true. And so, yeah, there's a lot of when a client comes to me and we're working together, there's a lot of like teasing out and like peeling back Mm. the layers of, of the hashtags and the marketing BS and mm-hmm. right. And the misinformation and the distraction and the, like all of, all of that, there's peeling all of that back and, and getting back to eating whole real foods. Yes. Preach it sister. If, if you were to give yourself some advice, let's say 
seven years ago. <laughs> if there are, if there are a few things that you learned for anyone who's, mm. who's listening to this right now and it's like, okay, I'm obsessed with Bridget and now I want to start my own practice or, or at least I'm toiling with this. And I think this is what I needed to get started. What are, what are some things you wish you'd known earlier? Something I wish I knew earlier. One, you're never going to be ready. Don't we? I love that ready. one. Such a good one. Yes. You're never going to be ready. Just, just do it. Um, and, and also I think, cause when I was coming up, social media wasn't as big as it is now, but mm. it is very big now. I think also unfollowing people who you feel competitive with, or you feel triggered by, or you think that like, or you're comparing and despairing, unfollow, unfollow them. You know, the, the racehorses on the track mm -hmm. in the race, they have blinders on for a reason. Mm -hmm. so they just focus on the path that they're on. So keep your blinder, like put up some blinders, have some, yes. have some proverbial blinders. And, and I think, you know, social media is one way that we get so overwhelmed and so distracted and the compare and despair is epically deep there. So yes. I would unfollow. I mean, even if that means you unfollow literally every other dietitian, unfollow mm -hmm. us, don't follow me, right? Like unfo yes. unfollow and really yeah. focus on, focus on doing you and your thing because you are unique. You are special you, your brand and what you're going to give and how you show up to support your client and help them heal whatever it is they are trying to heal and transform and move through. That's what you need to focus on. That's what matters. That's what's going to get you. That's focusing on that. That client is then going to tell every single fucking person they know to come yeah. see you. Yeah. And that's how you're getting. And so pouring yourself into, into your service is what I think. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That really, that really, I feel like that's really what I, I, first of all, that's really what I needed to hear today. And also I feel like there's so many people who are going to feel like that too. So oh, thank you. That helps. Hope that helps. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Hey, this is our last one. Oh, okay. What, Give it to me. What is, what is the most annoying bullshit wellness thing that you've seen so far <laughs> in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> OMG. Um, most I, I think the drip IVs. Yeah, because no, I think, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I think the drip IVs also bullshit, but also dangerous. And I think that's what yes. makes it stand out for me more. Like when you come from a clinical background, yeah, put like having to break the skin barrier. We're not trying to do that. If we can give you, <laughs> if we can give you by mouth, like so in the clinical world we call it PO. But if we can give you yes. by mouth medication. Yes. And you can swallow it by mouth, or if you can eat and chew by mouth, that's the route we're going. We're not yes. trying to, we're not trying to break your skin barrier and get into your veins and cause like, there's so much, it could be so detrimental that, yes. you know, you don't know who's doing it. Who are these people that are administering these IVs? They're popping up all over. I, yes. that I, that's my, in addition to it being like, wonkery and like fucking yeah. bullshit. I also, yes. think it, I also think there's an element of danger. And I'm just like, let's not, let's not, let's just not, let's keep our let's skin just intact. Not. Let's yes. Just not. Let's keep the skin intact. Skin I also, intact. you just reminded me of something amazing, which, uh, which I just feel like is, is the way we need to end. 
<laughs> but I, I it, it just brought me right back to whether it was my internship or it was medical nutrition therapy, like that, that sort of part of things, is this phrase that we used to use all the time, which is, if the gut works, use it. Yes. Well, what? Yes. Well, when people are bypassing the gut, I, I, you're so right. I mean, you just feel like screaming. If the yes. gut works, use it. Yes. Yes. Oh that is, that is, nutri- that is like medical nutrition 101. Nutrition yeah. 101. Mm-hmm. That's it. Every doctor will tell, every doctor, any medical trained doctor will tell you that. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Any exactly. medically trained doctor will tell you that. Every reputable dietitian will tell you that. Like, we yes. want to use the gut. Yeah. We want to use the gut. Love it. All right. Tell people where they can find you and learn more about BZ Nutrition. Congratulations on seven years. That is huge. And I am not that old. So I'm going (laughs) to pretend it was seven months ago. Um, It's it's huge. Um, Thank you. So yeah, follow me at Bridget Zeitlin RD on Instagram. That is the best way to keep up with what I'm doing and and get in touch with me if you have other questions. Um, If I could be of any kind of like support or guidance for you as you're building your practice or you're taking any next steps, definitely send me a DM. I'd love to connect and talk. Um, and if you are, if you are not a registered dietitian and you're thinking of like getting some nutrition support and you're tuning into Jackie for all of her incredible bullshit free wellness advice, um, then go to my website, bznutritionny.com, sign up for my newsletter and let's stay in touch that way too. Thanks so much for listening to The Business of Wellness. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Remember that advice provided on this podcast is based on my application of research and practice as a registered dietitian and should not replace medical advice provided by your physician. If you like what you're listening to, please follow the show, leave a five-star rating, and share something you love from today's episode by leaving a review. This podcast only grows with your support. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide. It may be the one thing someone needs to hear to start building that roadmap today to secure a healthier, happier future. That's it for now. So until next time, cheers.